Hello, my perfect little Lizzie, my little Lizzie. Oh, so she's smiling so big. I would like to treat you like a baby. I really do not want you to treat me like that please, at all. Le- please let me swallow you. I really don't like that. Let me swallow you. No. Let me for like ten minutes. No. Ye- yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Check this one out. That seems totally fine and appropriate to do. Really is inappropriate and. Very weird. This is very weird. So, okay, you can act like a baby like you're doing right now, but I can't treat you like one. <laughs> yes. So that was, listeners, step one of like slowly wading you guys into me becoming an adult baby, but like ironically. <laughs> All the signs were there. You'll say yeah. like a year out. No, I, I'm just being like, it's like ironic. Like it's like, you know, like I'm a- uh, Well, wait, are you gonna, you're, so you're going to come out as adult baby? Are you going to be, or is it going to get leaked that you are an adult baby? I, I think, well, I'm never going to officially like claim I am one. I'm just going to do all of the things associated with them and then deny it if people ask. Me. It would be really funny if that became a thing. Like me? Like, I, I'm, I, like people being like, my brave story. And it's like them on the cover of a magazine. Like, you know, them coming to terms with their... That'll happen. Adult babiness. People, I, I, I have a whole... If we ever end up doing like a one of our episodes that we've like talked about doing uh, mm. specifically thinking about the adult baby. Yeah. yeah okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I have a ton of, I have a ton <laughs> of theories on that uh, as, as to why, because everyone wants to be a baby these days. Uh, and mm. babies are trending. Babies are in people like 32 mm. year olds were like, have a, I'm not going to have a baby. Forget that. I'm going to be one for the rest yeah, of yeah, my yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when they were like, wow, no COVID baby boom. Yeah. They're adult yeah. babies. They're adult babies. The Snuggie, I think, is really what like drove. Mm. Once that became like a thing that you could own legally, <laughs> like once they legalized like the Snuggie type uh, clothing for adults, everything was out the window. And, and society is, re- I mean, not even, not society has regressed, just people have regressed individually within society. Hello, everyone. I'm... Adult Liz. Hello, everybody. It's so nice to be here. My first day of preschool. Uh, my name is Brace. It's awful. Belden. 31 years old. White male. Uh, and I live at the corner of 17th and Shotwell in San Francisco. Uh, we are, of true. course, joined by producer Young Chomsky. And uh, the podcast is called Truanon. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yeah, that's it for you? That's the podcast. Listen, today we have, uh, we got a little bit of Epstein. Well, actually, yeah, you know, he's in here. All right, today we got a little bit of, uh, what was this podcast? Epstein. We got a little bit of Jeffrey Oh my Epstein God, remember stuff. him? Yeah. It seems like only yesterday that we were playing uh, badminton. <laughs> what? You know the game badminton. You got like the little. You got the. Do birdie. you play badminton? 
No, well, not anymore. Not since Jeff passed. <laughs> it's actually been hard to do much of anything since then. Get out of bed. Myself in the mirror. I just, I don't know. I've just felt so lifeless. All alone. right. Well, here's the deal, everyone. Uh-huh. Ghislaine Maxwell. Her trial starts officially November 29th. Now that is mm-hmm. coming up. Very soon. Very soon. It's basically October right now. Yeah. And I- I'll be real with you. The trial is already half done. It's oh, coming yeah. up so quick. Yeah. By the uh, time you listen to this, it will already have been over. Mm-hmm. She will be free on the streets and uh, at your local, uh, where do people go? Coffee shop. Um, yeah, she is, uh, she is going to be up in front of the judge on November 29th. I think jury selection starts a couple of weeks before, like on the, the 15th or the 13th. Mm, yeah. 13th or 15th, something like that. My question for that is, uh, I've been like looking about how they selected juries for like other, you know, pretty big cases. I don't think as many people know who Glenn Maxwell is as Jeffrey Epstein, obviously, but mm. that question will clearly come up during jury selection. So if you do get selected for this. Uh, lie and say you don't know who they are and you actually have no opinion on it. Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking, hey, wait a minute. Let me look through the little podcast uh, little stats and you know how they show you this is where your listeners are. you know. And I was like, let mm-hmm. me zoom in. Take a little zoom in on the Southern District of New York. Really? To our little pod- podcast listeners out there, little gumshoes. You know, quite a few who potentially could be selected. Yeah. You know, it's weird. I'm actually looking at this map right now, Liz. I don't, I don't know if you've refreshed it lately, but it seems to be mostly from Tel Aviv. <laughs> like, and by mostly, I mean like 99%. And the other 1%, I think is using a VPN because it's, it's from Bhutan. Um, but yeah, no, if, if like, listen, I, I think I've talked about jury selection stuff on here before, how mm. like, most people just get out of it. Although I I feel like I've received feedback that people like doing their civic duty. Um, If you usually go in and you're like legalized crime, like, you know, I don't think just no. tell them that you're French. uh, You've never heard of Jeffrey Epstein, that you're open-minded and uh, kink positive, but not too much. You're trying to really thread the needle so that her jurors don't throw you out. Also, if you have somewhere to be in the next, like, let's say four to eight months, Mm -hmm. cancel it. Yeah. You got no, what are you going to do? You got nowhere else to be. Come on. Trial of a century. Yeah. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, Yes. I'm very much looking forward to the starting, but it is, it is already off to a bit of a rocky start. I mean, it was supposed to happen. I think it was supposed to start a couple of months ago in July, right? Yeah. It was supposed to start in July. They pushed it back. And then finally judge Allison Nathan, recurring Mm -hmm. character of the podcast. She, uh, she was like, okay, final, final. This is the final hard date, November Mm -hmm. 29th. Boom. It's happening, which I got to say right after Thanksgiving, not when ideal. everyone's tummies are so full and everyone's sleepy, it's everyone's a perfect time to so start the trial. Sleepy. Everyone's gonna be so sleepy. So I know. And I, it's but disgusting. Also, it's annoying because it's like, wait, you're gonna have the trial for what a week and a half, and then literally everything shuts down because of the holidays. Yeah, 
I know because it's beautiful wintertime in New York and you make a snow angel and frolic with your friends. No, everyone's just always like, oh, it's uh, almost the holidays, December 17th. Everything's got to shut down. Boom. Everything shuts yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. I don't really know why they're, I mean, I, I guess they like, we have to start it this year and that's probably around the latest mm-hmm. time that they can start it this year and still get like a few, a couple weeks of like trial in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, uh, she was a, uh, the, the, there's, there hasn't been a ton of really important news coming out of the, uh, of the pretrial stuff. Um, but the, uh, the prosecutors were like the government side were ordered by, uh, Allison Nathan to discuss, to disclose, excuse me, not discuss the identities of any, any unnamed co-conspirators. Now, unnamed co-conspirators have been all over the Epstein case, basically since there was an Epstein case. Uh, and it appears that the feds have two who they're planning on involving in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, uh, Ghislaine's lawyers, like, basically lobbied the judge and got and got them to mandate that the feds release this. They have not yet released the names they were supposed to on the 13th, which is a little annoying because we were recording this podcast and I thought Very we would nice talk about it. Nice in this episode. Hello, why didn't you get the I have time? filed complaints with the SDNY and uh, all of the prosecutors that I've named are being fired, which hopefully will turn this information over sooner rather than later. But uh, but yeah, I was surprised that there's only two that they're planning on including because there's at least, uh, I mean, there's like five that I could think off of the top of my head. Obviously, Dershowitz is, well, actually, I don't know. He likes talking a lot, so I could <laughs> see him talking his way into doing this. Um, but, uh, but, but Sarah Keller, for example, um, you know, the host of the other women that, that assisted Epstein and Ghislaine. Uh, so I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm curious that there's only two that they're, uh, they're planning on bringing up here. So speaking of people who are in and out of damn courtrooms all the time, uh, there's a, a, a corpulent friend of ours and a frequent guest and actually occasional co-host of this podcast, Steve Bannon is in the news <laughs> lately, uh, for eating another hamburger. <laughs> terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> you don't like that one? No. For eating two more hamburgers then. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know what to make of this. So New York Times has a huge piece out, a uh, huge profile, a big glossy profile, I think it was in the magazine, on Michael Wolf. He was the guy who, he writes all those kind of like, uh, air, what I would classify as like airport prof- profile books. He mm-hmm. wrote like... Um, Fire and Fury, that crazy Trump book that everyone loved. Um, and, you know, he writes those kind of, you know, the books that you see literally on display at airports everywhere. Um, he has a new book coming out called Too Famous, The Rich, The Powerful, The Wishful, The Notorious, The Damned. And in it are some uh, a little interesting tidbit about Steve Bannon and one Jeffrey Epstein. And I think I'm just going to have to read from it. It basically says... A couple months before Epstein got arrested on sex trafficking, so back in 2019, he had started practicing for what Michael Wolf describes as a 60 minutes style video interview, which included media training from Steve Bannon. So Michael Wolf, this author, he's claiming that Steve Bannon was media training Jeffrey Epstein for some kind of blockbuster 60-minute style tell-all months before Epstein was arrested. Obviously, he knew it was coming. Yeah, it's it's a little curious. To, so, I mean, there's a few things that I find rather curious about this. Obviously, Bannon and Epstein did know each other, uh, certainly knew of each other. And 
Epstein would be smart to pick Bannon because he, you know, it's somewhat close to the president, even though he's sometimes tries to distance himself from him, talk shit on him, et cetera, et cetera, kind of depending on who he's talking to. Um, my thing is, is like Michael Wolf does seem like a little bit of a bullshitter. Yeah, but, a thousand percent, a thousand yeah. percent. <laughs> I, there's a really, totally there's really fun. There's really funny footage of him. Um, at one point when Fire and Fury, when I think he was like touring, kind of like promoting the book, he had I mentioned like a couple of times that Donald Trump was having sex with Nikki Haley. Like <laughs> that, like, really? yeah, he was like, yeah, Trump's like, Trump's been having an affair Ew. with Nikki Haley. He just mentioned I it like. Can't either, imagine Trump having sex at all. I'm imagining that right now. I imagine him doing it. Re- reverse cowgirl. Okay. You just Haley wanted to right say now. that. Yes. Uh, I don't even know which one that is. I've never gotten that far in the process. Um, it, it's because you don't start there. You usually start with the guy on top, and I've never gotten past that part. It's just been like too much effort. Anyways, he uh, he's you know he's he's like yeah Trump's fucking Trump's fucking Nikki Haley. He's like I think he says it just like once or twice, but in a public place, like people hear it. It's like reported on, and uh, immediately starts denying that he said it. Like he definitely did say it. And there's a really funny. Um, interview with him when he's on uh, like some Australian kind of like morning show or whatever he's calling in. And, uh, and their final question is like, well, Mr. Wolf, like you recently said that Donald Trump is having sex with Nikki Haley. And he immediately is like, well, I think my earpiece is broken. <laughs> and they're like, excuse me. He's, he's like, like, they're like, you're not wearing an earpiece. Yeah, it's, no, no, he, he was, it's, it's just like, obviously he's lying. And then the guy repeats the question or like, you know, he asks him, he's like, you can't hear me. And then he's like, oh yeah, I guess it's broken and takes it out. And like, at that point, a stage hand comes up and like, you can hear like the guy talking through the earpiece. <laughs> and uh, they later, like, I think it's good morning Australia or whatever, some version of, of that. They later confirmed like the earpiece was totally working, but he just gets up and leaves the interview, which That's by so the way, funny. totally fine to do. If yeah, you absolutely. hundred percent. If anyone, in, in fact, if anyone ever catches you lying in any context, just pretend you can't hear them and leave. Just literally walk out of the room. Say you have to go to the hospital. That's always, <laughs> people hate arguing with that one. Yeah, you can't say anything. Be like, for what? And you say, you can't ask oh, me. It's that's a HIPAA private. violation. That's private. That's private. It's a HIPAA. That's, that's a HIPAA. Private. Mm-hmm. Telling people something's private over and over again, too, actually, actually works. <laughs> people love well. that. Yeah. Because people, they don't want to pry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he's a little bit of a, uh, let's say, Bullshitter. a yellow journalist here. Um, so there, but I, I believe feel like this. two minds about that. Part of me uh-huh. does kind of like it because it feels kind of like catty old school, like 80s, which yeah. Michael Wolf himself also very much looks like. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, there's like a photo of him sprawled out in his like Greenwich Village apartment that feels mm-hmm. very like, you know, kind of mid 90s. Manhattan yes. gossipy, which I 100%. think is very cute. It's a good vibe. Um, but it's interesting because the New York Times like reached out to Bannon to ask him about this. And Bannon was like, no, that's not what we were doing. We were actually, it wasn't like, I wasn't doing media prep or like media training. It was, um, it's actually for this documentary series that hasn't been mm. announced yet, or maybe will never be announced. That was eight to 10 hours that was meant to illustrate, quote, how Mr. Epstein's perversions and depravity toward young women were a part of a life that was systematically supported, encouraged, and rewarded by a global establishment that dined off his money and his influence. 
So <laughs> I'm of two minds about this too. I'm a little bit of a bit split over this. So Wolf, uh, as far as I can tell, the book is not out yet. This is this is taken from like uh, I probably advanced copies that reporters were allowed to read. Yeah, it's uh, just and, a PR and so, push. Exactly, like some somewhat summarized. Um, but it appears from the reporting on this that that Wolf has uh, has has not seen the videos himself, but read the transcripts. Maybe he's mm-hmm. you know seen the fact that the videos exist. I don't know. Um, and I will say some of the the quotes from Bannon to uh, to Epstein here do seem a little bit coaching. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't know if he, I, I, I imagine 10 to 15 or 10 hours of like, I mean, cause they said there's like 10 to 15 hours of video of this. Like imagine that's quite a lot of transcripts. So I don't know if he got the whole thing or anything like that. Um, he, at one point Bannon advises Epstein not to share his racist theories on how black people learn. Yeah. Um, I have some questions about that. I would like to hear Epstein <laughs> talk about that actually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Epstein is, is not known for having many like uh, black friends, let's say, and uh, and sticking mostly to white victims as well. So, I, 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 that being said, I have not necess- I have not seen Epstein advocate for any, uh, let's say, um, esoteric forms of uh, educational theories there. But uh, but I certainly believe he is uh, he's capable of believing that. Uh, also, he says. Mainly, oh, this is something from Wolf. Mainly, Mr. Bannon tells Mr. Epstein that he should stick to his message, which is that he is not a pedophile. Now, that's a little bit of true and on advice for basically everybody out there. Always stay on that message for yourself. Yeah. I think in general, if you don't have anything else to say, that's not a bad place to start. Lull in the conversation. You know, you're on a date with a girl and, you know, you just saw, um, what's a, uh, you just saw Miss, uh, the Bob Odenkirk action movie. And you like, you walk out of the theater, you know, you're covered in grease from spilling the popcorn. Cause you were trying to cut a hole in the bottom of it to stick your penis through. And there's like a lull in the conversation. Cause she's like, looks at you cause you're all fucked up and buttery. And you're like, you know, I'm, I'm not a pedophile, right? Like, you know, I'm not. And I'm also yeah. like, you know, I, I do have like weird theories on education stuff, but like, you don't need to know those yet. It's a first date. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my thing is too now, we started this off saying, hey, you live in SDNY, listeners, we need you to get on the jury for the Maxwell trial. That seems mm-hmm. obvious. Here's my other thing. Any of you listening out there, you know Steve Bannon? Get him to release these tapes. Release the tapes, Bannon. 15 hours of interviews with Epstein, like two months before he was arrested. Release the tapes. That, release the tapes. Release the tapes. If I could go to a gala... And mm-hmm. wear a sloganeered dress. It would mm-hmm. say, "Release the tape, Steve." Mine would one hundred percent be where the white women at. <laughs> if I was wearing a dress, like doing like one of the, like a I don't know, like a, a Dennis Rodman kind of thing, mm. that's what it would say. Because I would flip everybody out. They'd be like, "What does he mean?" <laughs> <laughs> and it would get people talking. It would get people talking. That's yeah. how you break the fourth wall or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there's another, Liz, can you actually Here's say my thing about the dress? Can I just say one thing what? about the dress? Okay. I knew this was coming and you said you didn't want to talk about this. And I said, no, I didn't cause this is going to come out too late and it's like, no one cares. But here's my one thing I'll say. It's uh-huh. like, babe, you're the government. You do it. Why are you telling me? Yeah. Not my like, problem. 
yeah, go for it. Go do it. Uh, my thing is, too, is like you saw that the dress was made by a, a woman who's married to a Bronfman. Yeah, do people know who the Bronfmans are? Because we talk about them a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey I think Epstein they do. worked for one of them once. Um, it, uh, yeah, which is, it's in, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I gotta say, I usually hit the Met Gala, like the after parties most years, because mm. I'm still in town from fashion week stuff. Sure. Um, but this year I decided to skip it. You know what? I'm glad too politicized. So there's another uh, quote that Bannon says to Epstein. And Liz, I'd like you to read it to me and actually look at me. I don't know if you can do this while you're reading it, but can you look at me and, and say this in your voice, but like mean it to me? Wait, which one? Mr. Bannon's remarks oh. on Epstein. <laughs> this is what I say to myself in the when I look in the mirror every day. Literally asking you to say this to me, but okay. I know. I well, that's how I know, I know. I'm well, prepared because now I'm ready to say it to you, even though, because I'm used to saying it to myself. I know that you're just, you're saying it to me, but you're saying it to yourself. Well, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Well, say it. Brace. Yeah. Brace Belden. Look at me. Okay. You're engaging. You're not threatening. You're natural. You're friendly. You don't look at all creepy. You're a sympathetic figure. Thank you. Thank you. I've been waiting my entire life for anybody, anybody, from my parents to teachers to anybody to see even one of those things for me, especially the second to last one. It's, ah, Christ. That is, Liz, thank you. You just the undid. Epstein mantra. <laughs> <laughs> 2,000 years of anti-Semitism with oh one God. sentence. You don't look um, at all creepy. What a th- lovely thing to say to someone. I've never been involved in setting up like a uh, a interview for a documentary or anything like mm. this, but is this what you would say to your guest? Yeah, that doesn't really seem to... Well, you know what? It could have been a twofer. Two uh-huh. for one. Where it's what? like, you think you're, we're doing media training, but also you're about to be in my, you know... Insane globalist screed documentary. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just like, I mean, because it does seem like Bannon totally would put out a documentary series that was like how Epstein is a product of our system, but it's like the Bannon fucking version. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's, I just find it so odd that Bannon wouldn't have mentioned this before because he's such a little like yeah. blabbermouth. I mean, he is like one of the biggest leakers in fucking Washington. He does like, also seem like someone who has about at any given time, 25 to 35 different projects going on that never, ever end up going anywhere. Like, you yeah, know, you like, know, people like that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, he also seems just like, he's like dying too so like maybe he just like doesn't like he's like hanging out with the reaper too much playing chess or whatever like big election year coming up so we're gonna see more of him annoyingly um yeah but uh anyways like like liz was saying you need to release the tapes immediately i don't think this documentary is gonna get made because i have a feeling if he was gonna do it he probably would have done it sometime at all recently maybe i and, and after this i mean if he does have these tapes if this actually does exist um, I can see him like reassembling those tapes and releasing something to sort of align with the Ghislaine trial. Just release the tapes, Steve. Release the tapes. 
So speaking of people that don't uh, do media training very well, uh, we have once again back on the show Prince Andrew, one of the most handsome. Why are royals so fucked up? Look, I know it's because they're inbred or whatever. Mm. Well, like, yeah, no, all, that's it. That's just that's it. Yeah. Is that's it why because they keep bringing attractive ones in, seeing if that will help level out the genes. Spoiler: yeah. It does not. Should they, but like should maybe like one generation of royals just like all be like cold? They should no, but like switch with like a different family or something. Like okay, like we'll have like four kids. You guys have four kids. Like I don't know, like the Belgian royal family or like the I don't know. They're probably all inbred too. But like I know, I know they're I all think connected. They tried and doing like, that. They would like do that basically in like the 17th century. Didn't Charles work. Just Greek, more right? inbreds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just like, can I can I get in the mix there? Like, I mean, you could try. I don't think so, though. No offense. Yeah, I don't know, but just like, I, like, I feel like I could hang out with Fergie if I. Well, we'll, well talk about her in a second. Yeah, yeah, she's doing a little hanging out with Andrew. Okay, so last month news was made. Uh, I think like August 9th, saying that off the dome, but I believe, I, yeah, in the, it's in the notes here. Uh, so, uh, Virginia Jeffrey filed suit against Prince Andrew, uh, also, I mm. believe, in, in SDNY. And ever since then, I mean, so here's the thing. Cuomo, um, I think we've talked about this on the show before. Cuomo basically gave victims, I think, of a variety of crimes, but most notably sexually assault, about basically a year window to file uh, civil claims against people uh, um, that maybe would have been past the statute of limitations, uh, and that was window was extended because of COVID. I believe it ended on the 14th of August this year. And so about five days before Andrew must've been sweating. We'd be like, fuck that window's going to close. Well, we, free. yeah, he's always sweating. I guess he, well, I know he's never technically sweating. Um, but, uh, but I mean, his poor, that guy is, is coating his body in antiperspirant, which actually does work and really helps you retain a lot of uh, energy. You can actually go like a week or two without drinking water like that. Anyways, um, she did file suit against him. Uh, the suit is for battery and intentional infliction of emotional distress, owing what he to what he did and the way he handled the accusations. Uh, very famously, obviously, denials and then smearing and, of course, now refusal of cooperation with U.S. Uh, authorities. The suit accuses him of publicly feigning ignorance over the accusations and then uh, clamming up when he did say that he would help the FBI in any sort of prosecution at all. He did uh, did not do that. Um, he's also accused in the suit of uh, sexual assault and, like I mentioned, battery. Uh, and you know, when I was when we were we were putting together this episode, I actually went and looked at. Uh, I didn't watch the video. I looked at the transcript of that Newsnight interview he did. And God, I forgot just every single part. It wasn't just like one part he fucked up. Every answer is bad. Yeah, every answer is bad. I mean, his PR person quit like right after, remember? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think, I, I can't think of a worse PR disaster in my lifetime than this. Yeah, it was, that was pretty bad. Um, you know, I, it's funny because, you know, she filed this suit and when it happened, everyone was like, well, I bet this isn't going to go very far. I, you know, they'll they'll find a way to squash this. Blah 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 blah. Doesn't seem like it, actually. <laughs> well, I'm sort of of two minds about that. So he's been they've been trying to serve him for a while, mm. and uh, I would like to uh, quickly shout out the many process servers who answered my call for questions 
about that process of serving? The process of serve of process serving? Uh-huh. Mm. So, uh and uh let me tell the you. Process of process serve. That would be yeah, okay. I would be so good at it. I've thought about doing it before, uh, except I don't know how to drive, which seems pretty crucial. I guess I could in San Francisco you kind of just take the bus, but um one guy was telling me that he sends edible arrangements mm. if it's like a wealthier person. Which if so, that's the thing. If you ever get a mysterious edible arrangements delivery at the door, don't answer it and wait, don't take. Wait, wait, wait! From I it. have a question. Yeah. So he sends an edible arrangements and it has it in it, or he shows up as an edible arrangements delivery person. I think he buys and maybe picks up an edible arrangement and then brings it, and they think you know, seeing this large edible arrangement that he himself is from the company mm. edible arrangements. Um, and, uh, which, and then he's you like, know, you got served coupon code true and on, uh, two, two, two. Um, and then he's, he serves it to them. And I guess a lot of times I don't take it, which is ridiculous to me because if I was getting served, like I would still ask to see if I could get the edible arrangement from them. Oh, like they know that it's going to be. Yeah, but it's also funny that he actually does give them the edible arrangements sometimes. Like, well, it's a lot of cookies or melon. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's a fruit one. They have like yeah, heart healthy yeah. ones. I've never seen one in the wild. Mm. Um, but uh, but so the deal is is I mean, obviously Prince Andrew is not in the USA. He is in uh, he is ensconced in one of his family's estates. Actually, he's been sort of bouncing between them. Uh, and turns out the process server, which they they had to have hired like the Delta Force of process servers. <laughs> To get this to him, um, they couldn't get it to him. Yeah, they haven't been able to get it to him because he's been out. Yeah, out and hiding in Balmoral, where he's been yeah. like you know frolicking out hunting foxes or whatever the fuck these people do. Fifty thousand um, acre estate, so he's got plenty of room to walk around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the big royal estates, very famous. But he, yeah, they haven't been able to get to him. Little little crafty bastard. But now it was just announced that now the British High Court is getting involved and says that he will be served because the British High Court is gonna like step in and so and make sure it happens. Which uh, first of all, I don't know anything about the English justice system. Wigs. That literally they wig. wear the wigs. That's they wear it. The wigs. That's all I yeah. know. Apparently the Canadians do that too, which <sighs> what an undignified country. Anyway. Wow. Um, I apologize for her. I mean, you know, you break it off with the crown, just get rid of the wigs. That's what I say. Yeah, get rid of the wigs. I'll say that. Get rid of the If you take me to court in Canada, I'm not going to be able to take it seriously. I'm not taking that seriously at all. That's not, um, real, that's not a real court. Kangaroo court. So I think that they tried like 14 or 15 different ways to actually get it to him. And the ones that seem the most like legally sound, I guess, from a process serving point of view... Uh, was the fact that they gave it to the Metropolitan Police Officer at the door because apparently, and this is something I learned from our many process-serving listeners, uh, if it's somebody that regularly accepts mail for the uh, for the person you're serving, then that counts as well. And I could very well assume that the Metropolitan Police do probably handle some of the royal mail, at least uh, you know if it's depending on, I guess, the residency. Um and they served it to his lawyers, which I'm like, I feel like if you're giving it to his lawyers, that counts. Apparently it doesn't count though. I don't understand. Well, we don't know yet. So they, his lawyers did appear uh, on a phone session in court and uh, 
but they are also arguing that it didn't count. And the thing is, they would be arguing that even if it was like legally sound and did count, because I think that they're just trying not to have this whole thing coincide with Ghislaine's trial, because that mm. would be uh, for a man who is prone to PR disasters, uh, yet another pretty big fuck up. And yet it would be fantastic for us. Yeah. So it sounds like he is going to end up getting, he will be served. I keep trying to. I don't know, figure out a joke there, but it sounds like he will be now that the High Court or Her Majesty's High Court of Justice in England, stupid name, uh, is involved. And that should be pretty interesting. Now, for <laughs> in order to help him out, Andrew's hired new lawyers, including this guy, Andrew Brettler. Now, this is a guy, he works for the, quote, powerhouse law firm. I just really wanted to say powerhouse. Lavely and Singer. This is the guy who is Army Hammer's lawyer. <laughs> mm-hmm. When, you know, as you may recall, Army Hammer was uh, facing allegations that he was psychologically and sexually abusing women. Um, yes. And also that he was like a cannibal or something. I don't know. I didn't really investigate too much into that. But uh, this law firm also represented uh, Bill Cosby and Brian Singer. So sounds like Andrew's got some pretty good representation there. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's a pretty, all of those guys are free. Yeah, there's probably some like fucking pedophile Yelp that he looked him up on or something. I just got this book, Dossier. I'm looking at it right now. The uh, the Secret History of Armand Hammer by, in fact, Edward J. Epstein, who, not a huge fan of him, but uh, it looks to be like a pretty mm. entertaining book. Um, yeah, it's, I got to say, you're a powerhouse lawyer, Basically, it looks like in LA, 99% of your time is defending guys from sexual assault allegations. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, and uh, I guess he got Char- he was Charlie Sheen's lawyer too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's got a good Rolodex. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are arguing that the lawsuit has no basis that, uh, in fact, that, that because there was a settlement with, uh, with Epstein – that Prince Andrew is somehow covered under the terms of that settlement. I have a feeling that no matter, I mean, I, again, I am no lawyer. What do I look like? A shark. Um, but I am guessing that even if, why are, you, why are you making that expression? Can you explain? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, cool. Well, just another little piece of passive aggressiveness in the podcast industry. <laughs> um, but uh, I very much doubt that Prince Andrew is covering that settlement. Um, and his lawyers probably know that, but they're just delaying it as long as possible. That this whole thing's gonna be really like strung along. He um, also announced, or there was like some gossip piece, which is so funny. It was like in Vanity Fair that he wants to remarry Fergie. That apparently um, they like rekindled. They say they rekindled their romance during lockdown, mm-hmm. which is like total bullshit. Obviously, I want to say that I mentioned this to Brace. <laughs> I'm gonna peel back. The onion layers? I don't know what I'm mm-hmm. doing here. That's like usually, yeah, layers uh, of onion. Anyway, um, I mentioned this to Brace because I was like, oh, this seems like some horrible legal thing they're going to try and do. Like perhaps there's something they don't ever want to have to testify to because, you know, they were married for so long. They get married, then it, there's protected, whatever. Brace says... <laughs> What is it that you said to me? That no, he wants to show the world that he's not into young girls, that he'll do it with old broads. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm serious. I actually think that that's like, that. that is his strategy is he's going to be like, 
How can I be a pedophile? I'm married to the oldest woman in the world besides my mother. This is what you think. I, you think I like these 14 year old girls. Look at my wife who I married twice because I love her so much. She's old. She looks like Alan Dershowitz. Like it's, it, I, yeah, does. I mean, yeah, she's kind of I, melting a little bit. I, I have a feeling there because she needs it to, you know, she is not, she's not exactly covered herself in glory. Well, the, she herself, you know, she, we've covered on the podcast, some of her own sort of Epstein related indiscretions and Maxwell related indiscretions. So I believe that neither of them want any of that to come out either in a lawsuit with Andrew or in Ghislaine's trial. I, I I have no idea if like the wife clause, you know, like, cause they can't yeah, yeah, yeah. make your wife testify against you, which is by the way, why they, uh, forced the Mormon church to outlaw polygamy because a bunch of criminals were just marrying as every woman they came across and did crimes in front of, and mm. none of them could testify. That's how John Dillinger escaped for so long. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I still don't think, I don't think that he'll ever appear in court. You think they're going to roll out of that? Uh, I don't think that he will because I think the crown would step in, to be honest. Like, I really don't think that. Yeah. And I think that there is actually some, like, the White House and the, would have to be talking with the royal family. Like, that's a whole, like, diplomatic disaster. Yeah. That is not going to happen. But I do think that it's going to play out for much longer in the gossip pages, which. Oh, 100%. You know, well, I think that the British are still a little sore about uh, our one of our diplomats' wives uh, running someone over and then being whisked out of the country by the government. Um, and so that saga was incredible. Um, but uh, so I, I, I don't know. It's weird. I actually, part of me has always expected public opinion to sort of like eventually slightly side with Andrew solely because of that. But I think I'm probably a pretty poor judge of British public opinion. I don't think he's doing very well in the eyes of the British public. So Rudy Giuliani's been getting drunk a lot lately. You see, I'm a fucking, look at this. I could be on like a morning zoo. That was such a morning zoo. So Rudy Giuliani's been getting drunk a lot lately. <laughs> And it's Morning Zoo and the fact that you could have said that 10 years ago when Morning Zoo shows were on and it totally would have been a fine bit. You know, now, Liz, does it seem to me, or excuse me, does it seem to you, fuck, I could never make it on a Morning Zoo. Does it seem to you that like sometimes the whole world has turned into a Morning Zoo? Yep. And we're all in cages. Yeah. So if Julian has been consistent about one thing in the past few years is only ever appearing in public when he's really drunk. <laughs> I think he's just always really drunk. And so then 100%. when he has to be in public, he's just, oh, fuck, already drunk anyway. <laughs> and by the way, something I want to mention is in fucking Borat 2, which sucked, by the way, uh, it was not good. But, you know, famously, they're like, oh, Giuliani was going to get like his shit sucked on by like uh, Borat's like daughter or whatever in the movie. Mm. Like he was like unbuttoning Vaguely his pants. Vaguely remember something like this. If Borat, like, listen, if anybody with any freaking cojones was making that movie, they would have just been like, yeah, fuck him. Like, have sex with him and we'll just, like, play the, like, 20-minute long sex tape and, like, full silence except for, like, the squeaking of the mattresses or whatever. They should have let Giuliani fuck in that movie is what I'm saying. Release the tapes. Release the tapes. Anyways, um, yeah, he went on, he went on stage during a 9-11 speech, which is... 
I mean, I guess it makes sense for him to be drunk. You know, it was one of the greatest days of his life, but he did not do well. No, and he, the, the only reason to bring this up besides that, you know, look, if you haven't seen this video, I highly recommend you go watch the video. It's very, very funny. He's very, very drunk. And like that kind of sweaty old man drunk. I mean, it's Giuliani. You know, it's how he looks all yeah. the time, to be fair, but he is very yeah. drunk. And um, he, out of nowhere, brings up uh, Andrew after yes. kind of mentioning um, the Queen and doing a very poor impression of a British accent. I dare I say I rivals yours phrase i thought it was actually i thought it was actually pretty good in fact actually like a lot of like like pretty respectable media outlets like vulture and uh quartz have agreed with me and heavy uh dot com has also been saying this too and it's been on iFunny a bunch so actually a lot of people agree with me that it was pretty good yeah so he brings up out of nowhere he says never had drink with him never was with a woman or a young girl with him ever ever <laughs> just in the middle of his speech. Now he says that he doesn't remember, he doesn't know that this was right when these allegations against Andrew were coming out. Um, it's just pretty funny. It's just like, man, you have the worst timing ever. Well, I mean, listen, he's just following our rule that we put out at the beginning of this episode, which is always assure people during a lull in a conversation or perhaps a speech when you can't exactly remember where you were necessarily going with the next line is that you're not a pedophile. And it was the perfect, absolute perfect place to do it. I mean, he was saying that like, I think he was saying that the queen was going to knight him after nine 11, but mm -hmm. that he would have to give up his American citizenship, which that sounds so fake to me. I don't think the That's queen is going to totally ask fake. America's mayor to give up his citizenship. <laughs> Um, more like she was going to ask me to give up a little bit of my location, a little bit of my anthrax. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's just, I, I don't think that that played very well with the British public either. Cause they still like the queen for some reason, even though every single thing that's ever come out of her fucking body has been like an insane freak. Like it's like slobbering maniac. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, he was, he was incredible during that speech. Yeah, he people were asking him, they're like, Hey, have you been drinking? And he was like, I just had a single glass of scotch, which I don't think he had one glass. But if he did only have one glass, then he's a cheap drunk. He was wasted. He's like, uh, I just had like a sparks and then like a half pint of Jameson. Like it's all good. Like I'm right. I had like a bump of ketamine. What's the He's kept sparks in his like every year on 9-11, he has a sparks to in remembrance of the time period of 9-11, which is when sparks was on shelves still. Uh yeah. Well, I no, I think Sparks came out a little later than that. It was it was probably the greatest error of my entire life. And if they'd kept Sparks around, I think this country would be a lot different and frankly, a lot better. So occasionally people ask me, um, do you think Ghislaine will be killed? Before Wait, do people starts? really ask you that? People have asked me that. People, for some reason, are like, I'm going to ask this guy about Epstein. Mm. Like, dude, I haven't hung out with him in years. Like, I don't know what he's up to. Like, it's frankly none of my business. Release the tapes. 
Yeah, exactly. Like we were Ask both. Steve, you know, he's right next to me, dude. That's yeah, what you should say. Yeah, I do. Um, like we're both on this, like in this in and out having burgers to get <laughs> like a ton of hamburgers together. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to kill Ghislaine. I mean, I've said from the beginning that if Ghislaine is like somehow incapacitated, they're going to make her like, uh, developmentally disabled somehow or like drive her insane, but they're, they're not going to kill Ghislaine, especially not before the trial starts. No way. No way. No. I mean, she is, she has been obviously complaining about poor conditions, uh, in, in, in her jail. Um, I mean, the jail does look pretty shitty, but it does not seem like the the tenor of the stuff coming out from her legal team and the stuff being reported on the press, it doesn't, I, I, I just, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I mean, they're checking on her every like five minutes because if they have a repeat, it's not going to be, um, it'll pull back the veil, I think a little too far, but I'm very much looking forward to the beginning of this trial. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. We will both be there, right there. Mm-hmm. Hoping they let us in. In the docket next to her. <laughs> no, we'll be we there. We are we'll the be there. unnamed co-conspirators. <laughs> Named in the indictment. Announced. That would be now that would be a real twist to this entire enterprise. If you were just like his like assistant for a while. Like, no, know, like if I they released the names college. of the co-conspirators and it was Brace Felden and Liz Prince. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like you like work for him like out of college for a little bit. Like mm. I was like, you know, I went to I was just like trying to learn how to fly a freaking plane in, in Florida, like some of my heroes have done in the past. And like, you know, we kind of came into contact with them and we're snitching. The thing is I would never snitch. Yeah, we got swept up. Yeah, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. snitch either. No, because I'd be afraid of getting hurt. <laughs> Well, with that being said, I'm Brace. My name is Liz. We are, as always, joined by producer Young Chomsky. The podcast is True and On, and we will see you next time. Bye bye. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein.